Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott. And only Josh Brown, because Benoit Turner is off doing some sort of wrestling coverage, I believe. Some What's sort of that? other chat. I don't know. Some sort of oh, the Stone Cold and The Rock, WrestleMania 17. I can't mm. I can't say. Um, but he's away for this week. So we just thought we would open up a open up a can of of, of whoop tush because there's also <laughs> of e3 things to talk about now um you know it's full-on e3 season we'll probably do another last minute rumors thing next week depending on what breaks between now and then um but for the sake of this week and um, we just thought we'd round up the most insane things that at least have us a little crumb of potential for it to come. <laughs> you never know um some of them are just things that just feel like everything's pointing in that direction so we might as well talk about it um so we've got i don't know we've got about eight to ten crazy things and we'll see how, how many we can get through um the first one was one of yours and um, which is hideo kojima doing a game exclusively for Microsoft and um, the game that started as the horror game he was going to do for Google Stadia now becoming an Xbox exclusive what made you think of that and what made you what's your thoughts on this thing if it well there have been myriad rumors around Kojima Productions and what that team's next game is going to be for a mm. long time we all assumed that it was going to be a Sony game because obviously he got into bed with Sony did Death Stranding that was an exclusive it's since mm. come to PC but they've always had a strong relationship and it was assumed that strong relationship would you know continue through whatever he wanted to do but then there were a lot of rumors the other month that it was actually Microsoft who was cutting Kojima because apparently mm. Sony might have turned his next project down. And the reason I think it's the Google Stadia one is because he was clearly interested in that pitch. If you don't know, if you're watching this or listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about, and when Google Stadia was a thing and they were wanting to make actual games, you know, first party games in house and <laughs> Back stuff. Back in the day. Yeah, Kojima actually pitched them a horror game, an episodic horror game, if I recall. And they were like, now nah, we don't want this. However, Microsoft as we know, buys everything. And it would look good from an optics perspective if they got a big mm-hmm. coup like Kojima on their side. And I feel like they would um, kind of invest in an episodic horror game because it kind of helps sell Game Pass. If you have yeah. one of these things coming out every month, every two months, and it encourages people to get Game Pass. But more importantly, keep Game Pass because you've got the next Hideo Kojima project coming Mm. and i I don't know whether it'll be like the main one he's doing but if it seemed like he was really interested in it apparently this was the one that a bunch of other creative creatives were working on as well so if they managed to get this in some form 
I just think it would it would it would blow the house down and be a complete <laughs> role reversal of E3 um, like seven years ago, or whenever when it was Sony, you know, saying, "Oh no, it was PSX," I think, right. when Sony got Kojima out and he had no project there, but they were just oh, like, God. "We got a partnership." That's cool. That time when uh, Kojima tried to walk down the stage and he got ahead of his own stage directions and all, all the lights were like behind him <laughs> as he was walking ahead of it. And it was like, oh, oh, Hideo, could you not just sort of line this up, nope. mate? It's a bit of a big deal. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of easy to forget that he is still ostensibly a free agent. Like, you know, Sony like footed the bill, got him out of Konami and pulled him out of the the uh, the, the POW camps of Konami and gave him a nice big check. Go make Death Stranding. Um, but he's not beholden to Sony going forward. He could do other things, obviously, like the Stadia project um, or on the Xbox side. Um, I I kind of hope that, you know, because every year we go into E3 and it's like, okay, is this going to be the one where Xbox go all out? Um, because, uh, you know, you go across the entire eighth generation where they were sort of on the back foot. They have all these different franchises, all these different IPs that are kind of nascent and different things that are finally back in the works now, like a new Forza, a new Fable. Um, there's something else that they're doing as well. They're bringing about Perfect Dark and there's things mm-hmm. like that. And I kind of hope that, you know, they are they are like the expected things. And I would love something to just be so out, out left field like this. Um, because it's not, I mean, Phil Spencer had the, um, the Kojima logo behind him on one of his webcam things. Yep which fueled the whole idea that they were doing talks, um, which was a whole other rumor that um, you know Xbox are making a play for the Japanese market because um, PlayStation and Sony aren't as well respected there right now or well regarded right now. And there's a bit of an opening in regards to um, Microsoft making the Xbox brand take hold in a way that it's never been able to do for the last sort of 20 years. Um, so it's plausible. You never know it's possible. At this stage, <laughs> could you see something like, let's just go, let's just go full banana sandwich. <laughs> Um, what if this is Silent Hill? What if this is if they do? If Silent Hill, after all this time, goes to Xbox, goes to Game Pass, and Sony aren't even in the conversation anymore? Scott Tilford, I'm going to say something that I will probably break in about three weeks, but I'm on a Silent Hill lockdown. I'm not talking Ooh. about this Silent Hill gimmick until we finally know something <laughs> concrete because we've been on about it. We've been wondering whether it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive, wondering whether it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. If it's even real, to be wondering honest. Wondering if it's even real. If they manage to get like Silent Hill, or if they manage to get Silent Hill specifically, mm. because you know it sounds off the cards, but Konami has been saying that they're going to license out their IP um, more than they have previously. They're not doing mm. things in-house anymore. They're taking actively taking pitch- pitches mm. by the sounds of things. Whether or not they give it to Kojima, I'm not sure. But I mean, yeah, yeah it could be a mad win. I don't think it'll happen. But that's only because I want to preserve my own sanity because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to keep having to comprehend these possibilities just, in my brain anymore. Anyway. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bust out the uh, Sony are bringing back Castlevania as well thing because we've, <laughs> we've been there before. I think we were there last year and the year before. I think we were. But um, we'll have to wait and see. Well, this, this, on the Sony side of things, um, you know, they've said they're not attending E3. But the latest rumor, I think you picked something up, um, is that they're doing a. Their latest rumor is that they're doing a event at the end of this month. So they're just going to sort of weigh out all the E3 hype and then assumedly try and come in alongside or afterwards and go, hey, by the way, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah. And I've seen, I mean, we've done uh, E3 predictions as like full videos outside the podcast stuff on the channel as well. And I have seen the likes of IGN doing E3 predictions, but just rolling Sony in as well, because the assumption is that they'll have something to show around that time period. Um, yeah. So it's worth like, you know, factoring them in to some degree. Um, so another thing that you um, had down, which is kind of just reading the tea leaves and is, uh, doesn't have a um, interview snippet alongside it or anything, but is an interesting talking point, is that God of War Ragnarok is actually going to be coming out 2022. It's not called God of War Ragnarok anymore. And the PS4 version is cancelled. Yes. Um, well, this is kind of what I've put together by reading a few rumors, but mainly 
from the Sony Investor presentation thing Ooh. that they released last week. You know, they had this big um, presentation about their plans for the fiscal year 2022 or 2023, yes. whatever the one we're in now. <laughs> and, you know, God of War was on there, but it wasn't listed as a PlayStation 4 game, but mm. Horizon Zero Dawn was. They've obviously already announced that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PlayStation 4. And the assumption was that God of War, Ragnarok, God of War 2 might be as well. Mm. Um, so that's the fact that it's coming out um, later now, it doesn't look like it's going to hit that 2021 date at all otherwise they probably would have mentioned it by now mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that it wasn't on this spreadsheet thing to me kind of indicates that they might be moving away from that because there was a bit of backlash you know to the horizon zero dawn the forbidden west thing mm -hmm. and by the time 2022 comes around presuming that's its new release date it might be late 2022 for all we know you know the working from home thing has just kind of thrown everything into disarray and it probably would have been delayed anyway you know it was a quick turnaround anyway um, and by the time we get to the end of 2022, I think the hunger will be there for more true exclusives and the player base will be there to kind of embrace them oh, as man. well. And a game like God of War 2, Ragnarok, will be a system seller. People will buy yeah. PlayStation 5s if they're available and people can get a hold of them to play that game. I, I don't want to just sound like a big a-hole, but I just I think I don't want to see a, a major p potential PS5 exclusive coming to PS4 in 2022. Like that, mm. I mean, I get that that does right by the PS4 owners, but I've already, like, this. the sales stats speak for themselves in regards to the PS5 is outselling where the PS4 was at this point in its life cycle. And obviously the PS4 went on to become the second highest selling PlayStation since the PS2. So it's just like, we're clearly doing well on the PS5 side. It's time to supplant that with, you know, true exclusives. Um, and Returnal is like super solid, but I want to see more stuff like that because Destruction All-Stars was not it. And I, I tried yeah. to like that game more. Um, but in regards to uh, God of War, like, I think... I don't know. I think that it, it potentially is a weird optics thing, but maybe they're just waiting it out so long um, so that it doesn't feel right to still have a PS4 version of that game after you've waited like a year or something. Because um, that was the thing watching Forbidden West. Like, that game looked absolutely gorgeous, but I do wonder if there are any um, restrictions they've had to put in place during the development because they're like, well, we can't go too crazy with this because we have to make it work on PS4 or whether yeah. they're just treating it the same way that a lot of devs treat games across the last few generations where it's like aim aim for the skies on PC and we'll make this work on consoles. You know, the comparison being let's just aim for the sky on PS5 and we'll figure out a way of making it work on PS4 later. And it still is a PS5 game. Um, I would hope that's the case, but... There is obviously pitfalls to that because look at Cyberpunk. If you don't, you know, spec it right, it, it can come out very wrong. But at the same time, I just hope that there are dedicated PS5 games going forward. What's your idea? Oh, just very quickly, what's your thoughts on how they will split those things? Because like for me, looking at the Forbidden West stuff, I was like, they're just going to take all this foliage out, all this detail, yeah. just make it so the frame rate works and it'll pretty much be that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much just going to be it. I think it'll <laughs> fundamentally be the same or very similar game. I can't imagine wholesale features being cut or anything like no. that. I just, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I feel like it's going to be in the details. You know, it's going to be in the foliage. It's going to be in the draw distance. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the way Aloy's hair moves while it's in the water, which looked really stunning on PlayStation mm -hmm. 5. I think it'll be a lot of those details and it'll play more or less the same. But when you get to the PlayStation 5 version, you'll just have something that loads much quicker, a more mm -hmm. seamless experience and something that, something that looks better as well you know graphically but i do oh, agree yeah, with you that too. when we get into next year there's obviously always still a, a place for supporting the playstation um 4 but you do need those specific games that sell 
PlayStation 5s. And I think that, you know, it makes sense to support the PS4 on the major exclusives for the first year or so. But by the time we get to the end of the second year, and again, these things start becoming more readily available, mm-hmm. you're going to want to increase demand in sales. And like I said, what better way to do that than God of War 2? The reason why I think it's not called Ragnarok is because mm-hmm. there was some fine print in one of the um, Sony things where it was like, subject like the title was subject to change or the title hasn't been finalized so it it's kind of like we've all assumed that it's called ragnarok but even in the in the first trailer like that wasn't confirmed it was just, well, said, it just ragnarok said ragnarok is, is coming, coming you know yeah, yeah totally i've seen i mean i've seen that as well like in a lot of them um, when people refer to it as something that's coming in 2021 and i think cory barlog at one point said it wasn't necessarily called god of war ragnarok um but obviously that is just the thing that gets set up at the end of the first game and that's the assumption that it'll be god of war ragnarok um, which I guess is maybe like a marketing thing. If you call it God of War 2, it's going to clash with the original God of War 2. And we mm-hmm. don't want another modern warfare situation where there's like multiple different games overlapping each other or eating each other alive. Um, next thing, I'm just going to, th- I've got to throw it out there. I've got to just throw this thing that could happen because it makes sense to happen, which is Master Chief appearing in Doom DLC. I'm just, I'm Ooh. throwing that out. Why wouldn't it happen? You're trying to put, you're trying to push Halo. You're trying to remind people that Halo is a big old deal. You've got Halo Infinite coming later this year, unless it gets delayed again. But in theory, Halo Infinite's coming this year. The big old return of Halo, the 20th anniversary. Um, Master Chief assumedly will be everywhere. Um, he's already been in Fortnite, but I assume that he'll pop. I think there'll be a skin in Fall Guys. I think he'll be like, you know, it'll be playable in Minecraft. I was going to say Minecraft. I don't know. Something for the kids. <laughs> One of them. Um, he'll be everywhere. And um, one thing that I think they can do, which makes the most sense, is just throw a Master Chief DLC pack out for Doom Eternal. I also think that because um, Bethesda and Microsoft have said that they're doing a twin Xbox conference, that you'll get all sorts of crossover stuff there as well. Yeah. Um, maybe just the likes of Wolfenstein 3 being announced, like we had the um, the new Colossus. I think maybe that'll be called... I'm just going to throw a title out as the new revolution. I think that might be something that they're going to go towards, considering that two ends on the big TV broadcast they're all going to um, start storming the various uh, Nazi bases and everything, take all that stuff back. And um, I think three will be the big anarchic final installment of that. Um, but all being Xbox exclusive stuff, it'll just be this big yeah. sort of, you know, championing uh, championing Xbox thing. Um, I do wonder, um, you know, you could, you've weighed on, on the Master Chief stuff, but I kind of hope that they also announce Doom 3 um, because there's that whole wing of what E3 represents, um, considering that we took a year off last year, where it, it is for investors, it is for shareholders, and it is for companies to see that a certain brand is doing very well. And so, you know, Bethesda on adverse to saying, hey, by the way, Elder Scrolls 6 is coming. Um, yes, it's probably going to be a decade before we even get that thing, um, just for the sake oh, yeah. of securing further investment. So um, I would hope that Doom 3 gets some sort of announcement, but my main thing is Master Chief in Doom. Very, very interesting ah. that. I have another question for you. Bring is it. this potential DLC that you've concocted in your brain, <laughs> is it going to be like a proper off-canon like experience or is it just going to be a sort of skin of Master Chief is now playable in the campaign and you can see him in the cutscenes? Because they, oh. they do have custom skins in Doom Eternal at the moment, I mm. think. So would no, they, they do, do that they do. or a dedicated, dedicated thing? The, the, that makes more that makes more feasible sense, I think, because the the ink is sort of barely dry on the Bethesda acquisition in the first place, and to actually make a full on, you know, you're going up against Master Chief. Because I just imagine Doom guy fighting Master Chief the way that he fights Spartan <laughs> Lock, but better. 
Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you're Bethesda, you're, you're Microsoft, and you, you have two flagship characters, then I guess you don't want one of them winning the other, beating the other one, so they would sort of team up. But you are right, there are custom skins already in Doom Eternal. You can get the original Doom Marine, you can get Doom Slayer on fire. Like, you know, it would, it would make sense if they do a whole media blitz thing to just let you play as Master Chief in Doom. I'll still tick that box. If that comes true, I'm still classing that as Master Chief in Doom. I think it's a great shout because what better way to drum up hype for this new merger than by doing something like that? You have mm. all of these characters, all of these worlds at your disposal. And like you said, they're going to want to drum up hype for Halo Infinite anyway, which I imagine we're going to see at their conference. So why not put them in everything? Do the Take the Terminator Dark Fate approach of just being like, the Terminator is now in everything, even no, a year he... and a half after the movies come out. We don't know why he's still here. We had these agreements in long ago. The contract is still in the, in the post somewhere. He, he, can't get rid of them so yeah sure i'll be up for this gears speaking of the terminator dark fate stuff uh with linda hamilton popping up in, in uh, gears 5 um yeah master chief in, in gears as well just just cross pollinate get him out get him in everything um you might as well i think um that whole yeah that whole idea of them just sort of i like pushing halo because for me i don't know if it is just me mr just someone online saying the immortal phrase is it just me but i don't feel like the energy is there for halo infinite at all and i just don't I, that game is just like way off in the distance and i feel like mm -hmm. i mean i'm a massive halo fan but i'm barely i don't know if i feel the same like we're both pretty big halo fans but it's just kind of like eh, yeah i'll wait and see i'm not like genuinely stoked for it or anything like yeah. that yeah I think it just needs a, a solid reintroduction. You know, it's been mm. on the back burner since it was um, delayed. It's had a lot of negative press back then. It hasn't come out swinging with its new reimagination, but I'm guessing that's what E3 is all about. You know, it's mm. going to have a big footprint and hopefully if the marketing campaign is good and they do manage to just blitz it with this Halo Infinite um, push, mm -hmm. we will be excited about it come, you know, four weeks time or whatever, three weeks time when we've <laughs> gone through all this stuff. And then we're like, you know what, Scott? Halo Infinite actually looks good and I'm excited for it again. That's the it best looks, case looks, scenario. It does look solid. I mean, I would, I would hope so. They, they, that's the whole thing, though, is like Master Chief has been in Fortnite, and I feel like most of us didn't care. I mean, I didn't, I don't play Fortnite, but like, it's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like we had all these, oh my God, Master Chief's in Fortnite. Can you believe that he's there? And like, the, you know, it's not been a thing. The thing about that is everyone's in, for, in, in Fortnite. It's like <laughs> every single person, my mom's been in Fortnite. You know what I mean? It's not really Dropping surprising in. when anyone turns up. I mean, I'm pleased people have fun with it. You know, like yeah. I was looking at the Galactus event. And I thought that looks pretty cool, but oh, it's never going to be a character that kind of gets me back in. I'm pleased they're there, but there's been so many crossovers. You know, John Wick's been in Fortnite. I feel like it's not this. <laughs> it's not like hanging out there. Yeah, it's not as big for me as if he was in Doom, you know? No, I, I guess... historically I, I, not had these crossovers. True. I use it as like a, a bit of a metric on does the average populace, does, does, the, does the average gamer, the younger gamer, care about this franchise that was at its peak when they weren't even on this earth? That's hmm, ostensibly true. my, my go-to. But um... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next thing, now this is nebulous as hell, but there is a set of rumors doing the rounds, which again are are completely undetailed. Um, Just saying that there is a massive leak doing the rounds, um, which is, like I said, ridiculous to even talk about it this way. But that's what people keep saying. Oh, there's a massive leak coming. It's this this big old thing and you won't believe it. Um, Latest piece of info for that is that Xbox era's Nick Baker weighed in and said that the massive leak that everyone's been talking about is related to Square. Um, but that's it. That's all we have. So it's, you kind of just have to speculate from there. But there have been various um, leaks doing the rounds in Square to get out there and say that, that this wasn't going to happen, that Square Enix were going to be bought by Sony, that that would be the PlayStation mm. equivalent to Xbox snapping up Bethesda. Um, and Square said that their assets weren't for sale or something like that they, so at, that, at this time or something like that. They phrased it that way. Um, but I do wonder if that is something that they might actually pursue and um, that Sony might announce after E3 just to steal whatever thunder comes out of the Xbox conference. Um, because Square Enix and Sony have only been getting more friendly over the last few years. Um, you had the you know Final Fantasy 16 as a timed exclusive. You have Square Enix making their new RPG Forspoken as a PlayStation exclusive. Um, I don't. I think it's a full PS5 exclusive as well. Um, they did the Spider-Man deal with them for the Avengers. Um, you've got Final yeah. Fantasy 7 Integrate. Um, that's timed for at least six months as an exclusive on PS5. So Square Enix seem to want to support PlayStation for whatever reason that is. Um, and I wonder if they just sort of look to the long term and just say, well, we're clearly pro PlayStation. We have been for so long. Final Fantasy used to be on PlayStation. Obviously, it started mm-hmm. on Nintendo when it crossed. It was a PlayStation franchise um, until I think it was Final Fantasy 12 or whatever came across the Xbox. But uh, or 13, sorry. But um, yeah, what do you think of that? What do you think of the if Sony snap? If this is the way the industry is going to go, then uh, PlayStation snap up Square Enix. <sighs> It's I'm conflicted on this, Scott Selfie, mm. because on the one hand, you know, I'm sure Microsoft has kickstarted this weird race to just pick up as many, um, you know, publishers and game makers as possible. Mm-hmm. And in the era of just last week, it being announced that Amazon was buying MGM, you know, Microsoft just bought so um, Bethesda, Disney bought Fox. We're in the age of these massive acquisitions at the moment. So I would never rule anything off. But because Square Enix has kind of come out and said, look, our assets aren't for sale. For me, I do think we'll see a big partnership between Square and Sony, Mm. but it'll be more down the third-party licensing route that they've been going down already. Like all of those games you listed off, like all those timed exclusives, all of those proper exclusives, Mm. it feels like there is already a partnership there. And I don't know if Sony would even want to spend all of the money to buy them when they could have this nice 
relationship anywhere and spend less of the money with these third party deals. And they feel like so many of my, um, I guess, I don't know, predictions come down to, you know, Sony essentially saying that they wanted more third party support. They want more of these deals inked. They want more timed exclusivity. And I feel like Square is obviously really open to that. So why buy them when you can just keep doing this? And then you don't have to go through the hassle of spending billions of dollars on a company when you could just spend a couple hundred million. But what if the solution to their current sales problem in Japan is is an optical problem and they team up with Square Enix, arguably the one of the finest studios that uh, the East or whatever has ever produced, any Eastern territory, um, to suddenly align Square Enix with PlayStation again, that might solve that problem overnight. Of just thinking that you know you're gonna get all these games PlayStation now day one, and you can sign if you're going with Square Enix, then you're going with PlayStation. All those things start yeah. coming together. It is. It's it's, it's it's compelling, but the, just <laughs> the fact that they have already got these deals in place, and some mm. of these brands are so associated with PlayStation anyway, that mm. hasn't necessarily helped at the moment. So I don't know what a full takeover would add to it, if that makes sense. True. I do see where you're coming from. And it's definitely possible, like I said, anything is possible these days when it comes to these big takeovers. If, if it starts getting really weird going forward, then you would you would gate off Square Enix so that uh, Microsoft can't get them or they can't get more deals on Game Pass and things like that. If that's the weird way this generation is going to go, um, then assumedly you'll start seeing more deals like that going forward. Do you have a, a very quick last minute um, uh, prediction for what this massive leak could be? What, what is what um, your mind for anything goes Square Enix massively? Square Enix massively. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Like the thing, like you said at the, at the start, it's so nebulous. Like it could be, <laughs> it could be anything. There were some rumors that it's in Nintendo. Some rumors that it's Square. It's like, is it is it is it real? Is it just one of those E three kind of wild goose chases that ends up not happening? Like. You know, I don't know. I don't know, Scott. It's, I am a massive fan of the fact that we've got to... I mean, we've been covering E3 like this for five years now? Maybe more? Maybe uh, six, yeah. seven years? It's been a while. We've been covering it in text form for longer. Um, but still, I love the fact that we've got to this point in uh, in E3 coverage where just the idea of a leak is enough. And that's just... <laughs> there's a massive leak, guys. And then just sort of run with that. <laughs> we don't need anything it's like... Else. It's like when movies started doing trailers for trailers. You yes. know, it was like, he's the teaser trailer for the teaser trailer. It's like, don't do this. The don't tease do for this. the release date for the potential trailer for the movie itself, <laughs> which then gets the director's cut. Um, your next one uh, down was the Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, made by Square Enix, the game finally being announced. Um, you think that they'll stress that it's like the Avengers without, sorry, that it's not like the Avengers without throwing the Avengers under the bus. Um, yeah. Next gen exclusive. Do you think Guardians is the way to recoup a lot of the, uh, let's say, lost positivity? that went alongside the I, Avengers release. I think so, because I always forget that this game was even confirmed. It was confirmed mm. like four or five years ago at this point, and then we didn't hear anything because mm-hmm. the Avengers project, that was taking the focus. You know, that obviously came out. That obviously made some kind of impact and is now struggling to get its player base back. And I think if you come out with Guardians of the Galaxy, they're never going to say that Avengers was a mistake. But I do <laughs> think when they announce it, we will see a pivot away from some of the things, some of the biggest criticisms associated with Avengers. So I feel like when it comes to... Maybe you just don't have 10 currencies. Maybe just do eight (laughs) currencies. Good point. Maybe don't have a battle pass for every character. (laughs) And also maybe make the battle pass stuff interesting. I don't know. That's just a fun. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Yes, I feel like this will finally be announced because, you know, for as much as the Avengers is still around, it will still probably have a presence at E3, Mm. get announcements for a new DLC. Maybe we'll get a first look at Spider-Man. Like, that's 
that's more or less quote unquote done now. We're mm. now looking at the next thing in this Marvel deal, and it seems to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was was it Idos Montreal? I can't remember. It was it was some more Square Enix teams. Right. I think it was the Tomb Raider team. Maybe not. Um, I feel like. Yeah, they were. They they have obviously been working on this for a long time, even though a lot of studios were collaborating on the Avengers. And I don't think we'll see a major look at it, but I think mm. we'll get some first details, maybe a cinematic trailer, and maybe they could even tie it into the Avengers. You know, have them crop up in the Avengers first to tease the eventual release. I don't know if they'll do that, but I think if, it's if time they, to see it. If they were playing their cards correctly, then you would do a live you would do a live event inside the Avengers and tell mm. everybody that there's going to be one of those tachyon anomaly things is happening on one of the levels. Everyone turns up there, or you, whatever you're logged in at your um you know you log in in real time. You see the ship arrive. You see Star Lord arrive. Maybe you team up with them and fight someone. Do the Fortnite thing. Do the Destiny thing. Do the do the live event thing. Um, that would be a great way to go. Um, next one down is the Super Nintendo Switch, which I think a lot of people online, including myself, hope that if we keep referring to it as this, Nintendo will call at the Super Nintendo Switch because that is easily the best name for it rather than a Switch Pro. Um, but just that that gets a, um, a full demo. But the one game that I think will um just we'll go alongside this because there is a leak for a a leaked 2d metroid game has been leaked by this long-term leaker called zippo um and i don't think they all they said um, referred to it is that it's a new 2d metroid game apparently it's already finished and um, said it's 200 percent done all that's all we're waiting on is a nintendo uh, announcement for it i think that is a remake of super metroid um, I don't Ooh. think it is, um, you know, Samus Returns upscaled. I don't think it is a brand new Metroid game. I think for the 35th anniversary of Metroid, you go back to what is literally one of the best games of all time, one of the most influential games of all time, and you remake that using the Samus Returns engine um, on the Super Nintendo Switch, 4K60, DLSS, get all, get it all fancy, get it all up there, um, and you, you know, you reward the Metroid fans who have been waiting for a very long time um, for a you know, console, home console, Super Metro, uh, Metroid game, because it's been a long time since there's been a, a 2D Metroid for a home console. The last one was Samus Returns, which I think was in 2017 on the 3DS. So it's been it's been a while. Um, what's your thoughts on the old on the old Super Nintendo Switch and the best way to show it off? I would buy the ass of this thing if it comes <laughs> out with like the exclusives like this. I would take a bite of the cheek. Um, if it came out with something like this, something like Breath of the Wild 2, which you might get onto, you know, if it has these, you know, I mentioned in the news video that we did mm. last week in it, of the many ones, because like I said, then it's, this is like the worst kept secret in video games at the moment that this yeah. thing is happening. And, you know, if they show it off, if it is an interesting piece of tech, if they have these games to back it up, then it's a day one purchase for me. It's a day one pre-order because I want to play these experiences that have been rumored or already announced in kind of hiding in the shadows a little bit. I want to play the best version of them. And if they give me enough to justify why I need to play it on the Super Nintendo Switch over the regular Switch, then I'm there. I don't need much convincing at the moment. <laughs> I just need these games to be real. And if they are, I think that's, you know, such a strong showing. And I feel mm. like it would make up for the um, disappointing showing that they had at the start of the year when people were expecting more, they were expecting bigger yeah. looks at Breath of the Wild 2. It would make sense why that was slightly underwhelming if they were saving it all to come alongside this console reveal, mm. you know? I say I think like I said I mean you've got the 35th anniversary of uh, Metroid you've got the same 35th for um, Zelda 
Um, and it's I think it's a Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary is this year as well. Because um, there is a rumor going around that um, the Mario Odyssey team are working on the next Donkey Kong. So maybe they'll show mm. that for the, like do a full open world Donkey Kong game. That would be something kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, Bayonetta 3, Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime 4. You've got these things that we've known about since 2017 in Bayonetta 3's case and Metroid Prime 4. Um, that need to be shown off and maybe at some point along development um you know the last four years it's it just makes more sense to wait and put them out alongside the newer system to push those system sales um and you've got the um deep learning super sampling stuff which uh, apparently helps a lot of underpowered um hardware achieve the looks or the frame rate or the resolution of the likes of the ps5 the series x things like that and um, depends on the game i know tech people are going to freak out but I've, that's what i've read i've read that thing i've heard that it's a thing <laughs> Um, and apparently there is a way for the new Switch to apparently at least get closer to the PS5 and Series X. Um, one last thing is the idea of um, Sony dropping an overhaul of PlayStation Now. Um, that they will be um, overhauling the way that they approach, you know, getting exclusives on there, getting third-party stuff on there, um, making sure that the amount of games they get on there is, you know, pretty much as close to day as day, to day one as possible. Um, what do you think of them steering into this? I saw for this um, when Sega announced the Sonic um, anniversary, there was a, immediately a PlayStation tweet where they said, "Hey, we've added um, Sonic Mania, um, Team Sonic Racing, and I think it was Sonic Colors. It was a third." Sonic Sonic game onto PlayStation now and Sony have just been getting out there on the social media just saying like hey we've got games we're adding them every month here's what's coming what's upcoming it actually feels like they are trying to do a game pass style thing now yeah yeah totally I mean again this partly comes from that Sony investor thing because I think it Mm. was mentioned on there that oh correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure it was Spider-Man Miles Morales and maybe Sackboy were coming to it which is quite soon considering they were the Miles one yeah yeah, launch games for the PlayStation 5. And historically, it's taken a little while for those true PlayStation exclusives to come to PlayStation Now. It's mm. never, ever been a Game Pass gimmick where, you know, their big deal is you can buy Gears of War 5, but you can get it day one with the Ultimate Edition on Game Pass if you want. Mm. And that's worked for them. That's awesome. Belinda. And I feel like Sony's got to catch up to that in a way. I don't think they'll ever do that same thing of releasing God of War 2 or Horizon Forbidden West day and date on PlayStation now, but I do anticipate faster turnarounds and more options to boost PlayStation now's viability. And I feel like, you know, for as much as PlayStation has kind of maybe dropped the ball this year, when it comes to their services, I do think they've really had a good run. Like you look at the PlayStation Plus games that have came out this year, and Mm. for my money, it's been one of the best runs they've ever had. I feel like the games every month, there's always something interesting there. The fact that they're rolling in PlayStation 5 games is is also really cool. So Mm. the fact that I'm confident in their approach to that also makes me confident in their approach to PlayStation Plus. And I feel like, you know, the big overhaul they did last year, maybe the year before, I don't know, time's a flat circle, like that did a lot to boost subscribers. Mm. And if you look at the jump in subscribers since they did that, it was quite big. And I feel like the only way to grow the platform is to do something similar again and announce that, yeah, these games will come and they'll come uh, much sooner. Hopefully they introduce more options when it comes to downloading the games and stuff like that. That would be fascinating. But yeah, I feel like we need some update on PlayStation now and maybe they'll link that with the PlayStation 5, you know, be like, well, Mm. now it's coming to PlayStation 5. We've been able to do all of this cool new stuff. We've thought about it in a different way. It feels right to do it now for me in my opinion, especially, again, not to keep talking about this weird shareholder thing, but there was a pie chart in there, Scott, and I do love a little pie chart. <laughs> I love a little a, pie chart. There was a little mince pie chart in there where it said, you know, um, it showed how much Sony relies on consoles now as their kind of, like, profit base. And back okay. in 2013 or something, it was, like, more or less half. I think it was just under half 
of their revenue came from a focus on consoles. Now it's like only 20% from consoles. The skew is so much more on services and software mm. that I feel like, you know, they finally understanding, they finally understand why Microsoft spent so much money and dedicated the past three or four years to making <laughs> Game Pass a thing because mm. services are just kind of like where it's at. We are in this era now where this stuff just rules and dominates. This is why Amazon's buying MGM and stuff oh, God, like yeah. that. And Sony, I think, you know, is now kind of understanding this. And like I said, they have made steps in the past, but I do feel like whatever they do, they'll have a little um, thing to say about PlayStation Plus. And hopefully it's all the things I've said here. Well, that, it makes the most sense. I mean, I, I think that I've, all, I've, I've said so many times that Sony are, are a reactive company. And there was, that, there was all the percentages that came out on the Xbox side about how profitable individual Xbox consoles are that apparently Microsoft slash Xbox don't actually make profit, make a profit on the um, Xbox machines as they are right now. Um, but that'll obviously change going forward. But the um, that whole thing about they're, they're quite cagey on their Game Pass profitability stats as well. Yeah. And I kind of feel like maybe behind the scenes, those things have started to get out and about um, in regards to Sony sort of getting an eye on, we actually really should have one of these services because this actually is the way it's going to go. And they've let um, Microsoft slash Xbox test the waters with this stuff um, in a way that you know, Nintendo of... of Nintendo's version is like, hey, we're going to give you NES and SNES games and really obscure stuff. And I kind of admire just how stupid the additions have been to that service compared to <laughs> what's been on the monthly um, you know, offerings on the Sony side. Um, but yeah, it feels like the time is now to recognize that they do need to kind of catch up to, um, just for the sake of a sheer mainstream audience value for money uh, service. You know, in terms of if you said to someone, which console should I get? I've got this much money to spend. Most of the time, if it's just sheer games you want to play, the Xbox package is is way more profitable um, unless you really care about those individual exclusives. So it's probably time that they got on that stuff. Um, so yes, we have done, uh, I don't know how many different stories we did there, five, maybe six different things. We'll check back in next week because next Wednesday will be our potentially last minute rumors. We'll see what breaks across the next week. Um, and we'll just, we'll just see what happens. Doom, Master Chief, God of War, Kojima, all skins in Fortnite. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's all, I'm sure it's all fine. But for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. It's been a pleasure, as always. <laughs> as always, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.